Okay, today is Chaf Gimel Cheshvan. Good morning, guys. Thanks for being here. So we're up to Isid Olive. Um, the schedule for today, for the next 30 minutes of all of our time, which Hashem should bestow upon us the gifts of experiencing our Yechida in the Zuchus of learning about our Yechida, literally, for even small moments in the day. Also, Mamish in the Zuchus that Mashiach should come today in a general, public, overwhelmingly awesome announcement. Amen. Um, so today, the schedule is as follows. <laughs> um, we're going to do Aisid Aleph a little bit inside, a little bit outside. We're going to do Aisid Bays. Then, as a session, there's still going to be time. I want to read you guys um, a part of this book that is extremely connected to everything we're talking about today. What's it called? It's called The Life I Have. It's, um, oh, it's, it's um, Jay Litvin. Have you heard of Jay Litvin? Yes. Highly suggest. Why do I know him? He I has articles him. on Chabad.org. Like, I'll buy you one. Maybe. I read it, like, every day. <laughs> yeah. I, like, you know, I've heard of him. Also, every, all of these articles are on Chabad.org, but there's just nothing, like, I mean, it's just yeah. really... Is it, like, self-help or something? No, neither. It's like he, he's like a Balchuva. Um, he passed away a few, like, I would say five, 15 years ago from cancer. And it's just articles that he wrote through his life. And then also when he got sick, just about life, about it's, but his perspective, we're going to talk about it soon. Like, it's going to connect, but he has a very unique perspective that's like pretty awesome, life changing. Okay. So I said Aleph. So yesterday we talked about, was everybody here, here yesterday? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to review yesterday. Okay. I can't not review. <laughs> yesterday we talked about the four elements of Torah, how Maidaani is explained via those four different elements, right? Shot from his just inside. The, what is Maidaani according to those four things? So now, I said Aleph. Habir Niskarla El, Sha'al Pidal Chalke Hakshat Ramez Drish said that all the explanations that we just said above, according to these four levels, Shabatara, Mevair, and Yanim Pratim, they are specific explanations. Um, guys, I'm not going to read all the Hebrew. I found that it's just going to be easier. I'm, just, I'm, I'm skipping around. So if you're following along inside the Hebrew, just know that it's intentional, to some extent intentional. Uva Tars HaChasidis, and then comes Tars HaChasidis. And what, is, what does Chasidis do? Chasidis is the Yechida of the Torah, as we've already talked about many times. Umeva'eres bir klali, and explains the general explanation of Chasidis, I mean, of Maidani. Umeva'eres as hanekuda ha'atzmes asher b'madani haba'am v'chinas ha'yechida sheba'adam. That comes from the Yechida of, of man, which is the same thing as the Yechida of Tyre, which is the same thing as the Yechida of Hashem, which is the same thing as the Yechida of, of Chasidis. And it, that won't always, just because it's the same everywhere, it doesn't mean it's always going to be explained the same. But the essence is the same. But put that to the side for a second. But basically, Chasidis is going to explain the general explanation of Maidani, which is also the essence explanation. And if you think about how that goes together, when it's a specific thing, it's only that thing. Right? I, my job is this. My favorite color is this. My favorite thing to do is this. But then you talk about who am I, and that's not an easy question to answer because you're saying generally, who am I? But if it really is the general answer that incorporates all the different parts of me, then it's also the essence answer. And that's not easy. I mean, we all, like, how do you answer that question? Like, really, the only ultimate way to answer that question is, like, what Hasidus says about who we are. You know what I mean? But like, 
that's not something easy to answer. And yet, Hasidus is, gives us the answer to what the essence is and what thus also is the general answer. Do you guys get how general and essence is the same? I like ask questions and I'm like, I no, I don't like that. What you guys say, but okay, whatever. The explanation of Hasidus about my Da'ani is what we're about to do, guys, now is we're about to say a general explanation of what Hasidus says about my Da'ani. It's going to be very general, though. Then, what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of the Peshat or Mizrishan side and explain how what Hasidus does to that explanation that we already said. When you reveal Hasidus, what now does the explanation sound like? And then we're going to see how this, exp- like, like this is the general explanation, but it's not limited to what we're saying right now. Which, okay, I'm just going to keep going. Everybody's going to recognize or we're about to say it. And it's also, it's like the Rebbe introduced us to this concept. At the beginning of the day, we say my da'ani, even before we wash Nagavasa, right? Why? Even with tuma hands. Because all the tuma of the world cannot get in the way of the ma'da'ani of a Jew. You could be lacking in this thing or another thing. But your ma'da'ani stays complete. Meaning, when you're in a state of ma'da'ani, so okay, don't worry. When you're in a state of Maidaani, what's happening? I'm gonna do the rest of this outside. What's happening essentially when we're in a state of Maidaani is that our Yahida is revealed. And that's why, what the Rabbi explains is that that's why when you say Maidaani, it's not that, oh, you can say Maidaani even though you have Tuma hands. It's that the state of Maidaani, the experience of Maidaani, is beyond tuma hands, and that's why your your tuma hands. It's not like it's not like oh we'll 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 look to the side of the tuma in order to say maidaani. That maidaani by definition, the experience of maidaani is a yachida state that tuma can't affect. Why? Um. Okay. That's why in Madani we don't say any of Hashem's names. Right? What did we say is the reason we don't say Hashem's names before, according to Peshat? Because we have Tamahan, so we can't say Hashem's name. But now what we're saying is because Maidani is the extension of this Yahida state, the Maidani is the is Yechida being revealed, essentially. That experience of your Yechida talking, which is what we're experiencing in, in Maidani, which is why the Tumah of our hands doesn't matter, because Yechida doesn't notice Tumah. Yechida can't be affected by Tumah. To that, from that state, we're not talking to Shem Havaya. We're not talking to Shem Alekim. We're not talking to, oh, this part of God. We're talking to Achdusa Yisbarach. We're talking to Hashem Himself. That's why there's no name of Hashem in Maidani, because... It's essence to essence. It's me talking to you. There's nothing else in the way there. And what's very interesting it, uh, in, in the explanations of this, I was looking into it that like, so then if you're, if, I don't know if you guys remember when we're talking about the differences between like Maida'ani and Alekai Neshama, right? 
And then if you need Alekai Neshama later because my Da'ani isn't a good enough bracha, there was this whole explanation of like logically why we need now my Da'ani and Alekai Neshama based on the fact that we're impure during my Da'ani. But now, if what we're saying now is that basically our question is in the past, when they said Alekai Neshama, wait, what's our question? What? Why are we saying Well, that you can answer because there's a bracha of. Okay, good question. That is a good question. Is, that is a good question. The question, and I'm not sure. I think, according to Peshat, I, I know the answer because, like, the we still need the bracha of Hashem's name. Like, like we can't always live in our yachida. You know what I mean? Like, not we can't always live in our yachida, but even when you live in our yachida, wants us to live in Alam Haza. Our yachida wants us to do a mitzvah. Our yachida wants us to say Baruch Ata Hashem you know, so I would say that. But the question of this is, how come then? I don't know. I know the answer. I can't figure out the question for some reason. Basically, how come then they also needed to say if they weren't? Imp- I'm reading my own notes for a second. If they weren't impure and my daani is holy, why didn't they say my daani? Why didn't they say my daani? Basically, if my daani is so awesome, and if they. Like, why don't they say Maidani and Alekai Neshama if Maidani is so awesome? If they weren't impure, any, like, why does them not being impure lead to them not saying Maidani? Do you get the question? If we're saying now that we can say Maidani because we're at the state of even beyond our impurity, then why did they also say Maidani? And the answer is that because they didn't have access to their Yechida. Why? Because Galus gives us access to our Yechida. It's the Tumah that reveals our Yechida. Why? It's, so you guys know the whole concept of like Kasis Lama'ar, right? Like that whole concept of, in Hasidus that talks about it a lot. That like the more layers you put on something, like the more you try to kill me, the more I'm going to fight back, right? Like that's what we're all talking about right now. And that's what happens to our Yechida too. When they were living in that state of revelation, they didn't have access to the space inside of them that was beyond revelation. They were in the revelation. It's kind of like in Kabbalah. Kabbalah doesn't talk about Yechida because Kabbalah is all about revelation. But now, but now, why do we say, why are we able to access the state of Maida'ani now? Specifically because we have Tuma on our hands. Specifically because we have these layers of exile around us that our Yechida is able to be revealed. Which is, it's not exactly where we're going now, but it's just, I thought that was just such a wild concept. Is that similar to like the Abu Paris that comes out when it's, Totally similar. When there's like adversity? Absolutely. Same exact concept. That's a really good question. I'm not sure. Definitely there. Definitely in that. And it, we know because that's what ends up like Masiras Nefesh. That's what ends up right. saying like, I know who I am and I'm, I can't separate myself from that. Like it's the adversity that brings that out. Exactly. Which is why they didn't have Maidani then, because Maidani is by definition a state of Yechida being expressed. It's pretty crazy. Okay. Um, okay. Let's go to your days. Right now in your days, we're going to, now that we know what, what Maidani is according to Yechidis, according to Yechidis, according to Yechidis, aka according to Yechida, what is Maidani? Maidani is the state of our Yechida. Talking to the Yechida of Hashem. That's what it is. It's a state beyond any concealment, beyond any, 
anything else, it's me and you. Now we're going to talk about how that, now that we know that, what is now, what do we now understand about the explanation that Pshat gives us about Maidani? Because one of the things that I, I skipped over the Hebrew in the Hebrew in the previous paragraph, but one of the things that Rebbe re-explained to us is that when the yachida of something is by definition within everything that comes after it, right? We said that the nefesh ruach neshama chaya is coming from the yachida. What does that mean? That the yachida is inside of it. It's kind of like a baby coming from the mother and then the mother is within the baby. Like the cells of the mother are literally within the baby. It's not, they're not two separate things. And yet the baby looks like its own person, right? The pshat looks like its own pshat, like its own thing. But if you really like uncover what's really going on there, you'll find the DNA of the mother. That's what you're going to find. And within the pshat, what we're going to find is that it really is actually the DNA of the Yechida. really crazy yeah. because you know when you're in your mother's womb when you're in your mother's womb what is it my grandmother held me basically yeah. because my mother is a, held me and my mother was in my grandmother so yeah right exactly we have all that Wow. There's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> it's pretty awful. We're also not random, I guess, though, you know? Like, we're part of a story. It's pretty cool. Okay. Hachayat shechasidis machnisa bechelak hapshat. The energy, the life, the, literally the life, because we're seeing things through a, a new lens, which is literally a life lens. I, I see. Good morning. Bechelak hapshat shemaidaani. That... The Chassidus reveals inside of the Pshat of Maidani, Shaida, Shehi al Shachazar to Binishmasi. What does the Pshat say about Maidani? That you return me my soul, right? Thank you, God, that now I'm alive, that now I'm awake. That's what we said the Pshat about Maidani is. Who? It is Hadgasha the parish Nishmasi. We're going to now focus on the word Nishmasi. Nishama Sheli, you returned my soul. Zaisemeras, Shakol Haida, He al Hazaras, Nishmas Yehudi. What does Chassidus say about the Peshat? What does Chassidus reveal that the Peshat is actually saying? Not just that you brought me back to life, but that you gave me my Jewish soul, that you filled me today, this morning, with my Jewish soul. And even if you gave me a soul, but it was a different kind of soul, of a not, of a not Jewish soul, even though technically I would have been awakened from my 160th of death, I wouldn't be acknowledging. I wouldn't. Why? Because from the Yechida's perspective, that's what we're talking Think about it. That's what we're saying right now. We're, what does the Yechida say about the explanation of Pshat? From the Yechida's perspective, Nirgash Etzlai, the Yechida experiences Shechayim, that life, Haim Chayim Yehudim Davka, that life of a Jew equals Jewish life. That's what my life is. My life is closeness to Hashem. My life is intimate relationship with God. I'm going to skip this. And I love this part because the Rebbe is like, and it's true. Even though human life is precious, and not only precious, the Rebbe says, 
chashuva biyaser, like the most precious. All human life is precious. Ubefrat shalmin, all life is precious. Ubefrat shalmin hamedaber, and specifically human life. There is value and essential worth to a human body, to human existence. And not only to human existence, that, but I just want to clarify that. The Rebbe is not talking about us versus a non-Jew, because non-Jews don't say Madani. So we're not talking about, oh, that a Jew's life should, couldn't be thankful for being, you know, this Ben Melech, as we're about to say, but a non-Jew shouldn't. What the Rebbe is talking about is the, the, the Chaim Bissarim of me. We're only talking about me right now. We're only talking about our lives. We're not talking about con- contrast between my life and a non-Jew. We're talking about contrast between me as I acknowledge myself to be a Yid, as I acknowledge myself to be a Ben Melech, versus as I acknowledge myself to just be a human being. And they were saying, even you acknowledging yourself to be a human being is awesome. Is Like, your humanness is precious. Any Medaber is precious. And yet, Hari and yet all of Yisrael are children of kings and true life, the idea of life to the son of a king is their connection to their father. That's what life is. That's what my life is. And if you were to give this Ben Melech life, but you were to separate him from his father, and you were to let him just live the life of a behemoth, which is still alive, but not in connection with his father, not in connection with his source. He not only won't be in enjoyment of his life, he'll even feel resentful of it. He'll even feel like, I can't live this way. I need my source. I need my father. I need my, 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 my true life. And, that's, and the Rebbe says that there's the story of Rabbi Kusia Lippler, that when the Alter Rebbe wanted to give him a blessing for a long life, Rabbi Kusia said, but not with peasant years, not the life of peasants who have eyes and do not see, ears and do not hear, who do not see the divine and do not hear the divine. And the Rebbe asks a question about the story. The Rebbe is like, the Alter Rebbe is giving you a bracha for a long life and you're being annoying about the bracha. Like, take the long life. Like, you're going to qualify the bracha. Oh, I want this kind of life, but not this kind of life. And what the Rebbe explains is that according to Rebbe Kusiel, who was a chassid that, I guess, according to this, is living from his yachida, he's like, to give me life, but for it not to be a life that can perceive the divine, for it not to be a life that is living within my connection to Hashem, it's not even life. So it's not like he was saying like, oh, I don't want, he was saying, you're giving me, you want to give me life, but give me true life. Give me life that is the only life that I even want to live. Kihaya Munach, it was basic to him. That true life is only seeing and hearing godliness. And that's why he said, I, I literally only want life if you're giving me this true life. So, done, done, done. That's done. Yeah, I'm sorry. We have time to read this. Basically, that's what, that's what we're saying. That So now, what do we say the pshat is? In very simple summary, what the pshat is, thank you, Hashem, for, revealing, for giving me back my soul. Thank you, Hashem, for making me be alive. Now that we know the, the chassidus, which is, the chassidus is, what the Yechida says about, thank you Hashem for making me alive. 
it's the same sentence, but it's a much deeper understanding of it. Thank you, Hashem, for making me alive. Thank you, Hashem. It's reminding me of the literally. You know how I said this yesterday? I said this like a billion times, but like how you know that it's the times of Mashiach when we're so casually and comfortably speaking the deepest truths of the Yechida, right? I was thinking, what, what is like the camp song and like the kids' song that they sing in like preschools and stuff during Maidani? Maidani, um, thank you, Hashem, for my neshama, which I know sounds simple because that's what we're saying. Thank you, Hashem, for my neshama, but. That's, the, that's what the Yechida is saying here. Not thank you, Hashem, that you gave me back life. Thank you, Hashem, that you gave me my neshama. Thank you, Hashem, that you instilled within me the ability to be yours today, to be in relationship with you today, to be your child today. Because why? That's who I really am. That's true life. So you're not only giving me life, you're giving me true life. That's, what the, that's, that's how the Yechida see, sees things. The Yechida sees the lens through like the highest possible state of consciousness. And the highest state of consciousness is one in which we see reality and we see ourselves not only as like alive, as conscious states of matter, as you know, but as, as, like, as like vibrating with godliness, vibrating with connection to the ultimate story of life and to, the, to Hashem himself, to the unity of life itself. And it's like that, that's what the Yechida is saying according to Pshat every morning. That being said, yeah, please. You're saying that you're saying like Zani, you're able to do it because you're like separate from the Tuma, like the Tuma is like not, you're like above it. Okay. And I'm like, you see that is Hashem and everything. So that means that the Tuma is part of that. Yeah. So it's not actually that you're above it, but it is not actually tuma. Like in down here, it's probably considered tuma, but it must be something else. Well said. I'm just I'm just thinking about it. Yes, so well said. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. It's so powerful and it's, it's so related. It's actually about to read this. This is an article about bitachon. It's this guy and this guy Jay Litvin. Like he had it rough and he talks about it here like he's literally talking about like statistics of his survival and like like that's what you know like that's what his situation was um just to comment though on what you just said it's very interesting because i think that it's like okay you know how like i, I said this a few days ago but like how do you know that self is talking if all the parts can hear it right it's that too it's like how do you know that your yachida is shining if there is nothing that you can't ignore that you, that you can ignore. If there's nothing that you need to ignore. You're angry, you're annoyed, you're frustrated, you're sad, you're traumatized, you're resentful. Yechida can take it all. Yechida wants it all. There is nothing in the world or in somebody else or in yourself that Yechida says, oh, not there. Why? Because Yechida knows Einar Malvade. Yechida knows that everything is only God. So it's like, okay. I can go there. I can go there. I can go there. I can. I can. I can Not do it. Of Not afraid. It, low. Like literally. Like there's only, only thing to fear is fear itself. Why? Because the fear that says don't go there. That's the only thing to be afraid of. Because in reality, I can go anywhere. <laughs> wow. It's it's really wild. Thank you for thank you. Okay, I'm just gonna read a few paragraphs from this. I say, if you want to borrow this after and read the whole thing, I suggest it. But the reason why I'm reading this is because to me. This, this concept is the Yechida talking. This is 
like, this is like, ha- to me, it's like, this is how the Yechida sees things. And it's interesting, we talk about bitachon a lot, right? Like a lot, a lot, like bitachon, emunah, bitachon, whatever. But to me, it's like, this perspective of bitachon is like, extraordinarily like grounded in not only like, oh, I have to have bitachon, but bitachon becomes literally the glasses through which my yachida sees the world. So when I have, when I'm, when I'm expressing my yachida, when I'm in my yachida, it's like the bitachon is obvious and he's going to explain that. So I feel, I feel like whatever to not read this whole thing because like the whole thing is, what is this from? It's a book by Jay Litvin. Well, he didn't write the book. He wrote a bunch of articles. He actually posted it on Chabad.org as he was writing them, or maybe even after, I'm not sure. So he passed away like about 15 years ago from cancer. And it's basically all the articles he wrote throughout his life journey. Like, it's not like regular stuff, in my opinion. It's like really life-changing. But Okay. So basically somebody comes over to him and says, tells him that bitachon, that... When you have bitachon, you don't, you don't talk about survival rates anymore. And he's like, what? And then he said that he has this thought, and now, now that he started thinking about it, and now this is his process of thinking about why that's true. That when you have bitachon, you no longer are thinking about survival rates. Bear with me as we complete this thought together. Bitachon is life. And where there is life, there is no survival. The two cannot exist at the same time. Because where there is life, there is no future nor past. There is only life, that which is in front of you at any given moment, accepted in full and without judgment. Bitachon is God because God is life. And where God is, there is nothing else, not even survival. Where God is, there is nothing to survive. There is only that to be with. Nothing exists outside of God, thus nothing exists outside of life. There is no way to separate any of life's experiences into life and not life. All of life's experiences are life, my life, your life, life. Skipping a bit. Why are you not so exquisitely present in this moment that there is nothing left within you with which you can think about the next? What is lacking in this moment that has you worried about the future? If God is everything with nothing lacking, perfect in all ways, creating the universe anew at each moment, why are you squandering the gift of what you have? If you cannot know this, if you cannot live with this truth, then you lack bitachon. Do you divide your life into pleasure and pain, whether it meets your expectations or not? Whether it is good or bad, by some definition you have artificially arrived at? Whether the face that God presents to you is one you like or not? Have you created categories of cruelty and kindness? Judge them and judge and put them in columns called life, not life, God, not God. Does it, all, does it not all come from the same source? Or do you look to things like fair and not fair? Do you feel you deserve more or less? Are you stunned into disbelief that this could be happening to you as if others somehow deserve it more or are stronger and can better bear the burden? Or are you the hero or victim, the hero convinced the disease can never touch him and thus never cries nor feels the fear, the panic, the regrets, bless you, that are also part and parcel of this condition? Or the victim certain that he will be amongst the worst of the statistics and so never encounters his bravery nor feels the transcendent power of rising above and banishing death from his consciousness, if only for a moment. Neither have bitachon. And Chaviva, when he continues talking about that, that's me, exactly what you were saying, that like, part of bitachon is feeling the fear. If you, if you can't feel the fear, you're not having true bitachon because you're saying, 
this isn't my package. I don't want this package. I don't want to go there. Bitachon is when you, when you feel the way it feels. Neither have bitachon, for both contemplate the future, both consider their fate, both shun the moment in disillusion and fear, both deny the fullness of themselves, and thus the fullness of the moment that God has proffered. I'm going to read the last paragraph. There is always time for love. And that I have come to see is bitachon. It is not only life. It is love of life. And I will add, according to Madani, it is gratitude of life. Love of life in every form that exists, in every taste and sensation. It is an immense, exquisite appreciation and acceptance for every face of God that he grants us to see. Bless you. It is standing wide-eyed and innocent, willing to discover the revelations of godliness everywhere and always and with thankfulness. With Bitachon, there is no time left to contemplate survival. There is no reason to. Chaim, Chaim.